Good morning, everyone. Welcome. We're glad you're here today. Um, it's good to share this time of worship and fellowship together, and we welcome everyone. It's a beautiful day outside, isn't it? It's a, a good day to, to get out and, and to be with uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. And we welcome everyone, especially our guests. We're glad that you're here with us and, and pray that God will bless you in a very special way. We'd like to remind everyone of the attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask if you wouldn't mind to fill those out so we could have a record of your attendance with us this morning. Uh, we would appreciate that. have a lot of things going on. I'd like to call to your attention uh, our walk. Walk, Run for God program is underway. We got started uh, on Wednesday, and that will take place every Wednesday at 5:30. Uh, Nora is uh, Hobson is leading that, and um, we're leading up to. Uh, it starts at five. What five? At five o'clock. I'm sorry. That's all right. Yes, 5:30. That would just be 15 minutes. Yes. <laughs> five o'clock. Uh, thank you. Uh, but we're working up towards uh, participating in the 5K slash 10K, whatever you want to do, uh, run for Habitat uh, that's coming up in April. So if you want to participate in that, I encourage you to do that. Also, on February the 7th, we have our, our blood drive. So if you'd like to uh, contribute or if you'd like to volunteer, please see Jika, and she will sign you up for that. Um, also on um, Ash Wednesday, which is February the 14th, we will be worshiping with Zion UCC and First Christian Church at Zion UCC and for an Ash Wednesday service, and that will be at 5.30 in the afternoon. And um, and also you will notice in your bulletin uh, we have the list of our new deacons um, that were elected a few weeks ago. John Cornelius is, is back on the board. Also some new deacons that have come on. Kirk Haynes, Rachel Hobson, Connie Hug- Hugberg. Her name was left out of the bulletin. But we're, <laughs> there she is. Her name was left out of the bulletin, but she's one of them. Sorry about that, Connie. <laughs> and and uh, Brittany Smith. So uh, congratulate these people. We will be, yes, thank you. We will be having an ordination for them on February the 11th, followed by a uh, a, a potluck lunch that day. So uh, put that on your calendar. Uh, one thing, one other thing we'll need to take care of, uh, Chris, where's Chris? There he is. Um, we, you'll see that we have our budget um, summary in the bulletin, uh, and we discussed this on Wednesday, and so we need to, to have a little business to take care of this. This is our annual special call meeting to approve the budget. It's a no-discussion vote, but you've got the budget on the back of your bulletin there. It shows a budget and total income of $209,258, a like amount of expense for a anticipated zero net profit or loss. The breakdown of the expenses in their general categories are in there, and this is a unlike some of the budgets we've had where the we don't uh, or we account for a loss. We expect to have a loss. This one uh, is for a zero, and it's a realistic budget that actually uh, represents uh, a little less income that we actually pulled in from last year. So um, it is a no discussion vote. It was recommended at the business meeting on Wednesday, and uh, questions were asked, uh, and the church voted, the business meeting voted unanimously to send it to you for a no discussion vote. So all in favor of accepting
accepting this as our 2008 budget, signify by saying aye. Uh, Any opposed by nay? That concludes this business meeting, and we thank you. Thank you, Chris. Like it when things are so easy there. Our, uh, you'll notice that the topic for uh, the service today is hugs for everybody. Uh, so I'm going to ask you to stand and let's. Uh, if you feel comfortable doing that, I know that everybody aren't. Not everybody is a hugger, and I know that flu's going around. But if you feel comfortable uh, doing that, um, practice what I preach. <laughs> Loving God, we come to you this morning in the name of our Lord and Savior. We come not as strangers or as foreigners, but as your children. You have wondrously accepted us into your family, and because of that, you have given us the possibility of living abundant, eternal lives. We thank you for your faithfulness and your grace. You're always there when we, when we need you in our troubles, in our trials, when the road seems so very long, you are right there with us. And for that, we give you praise. We earnestly want to do your will. We truly want to fulfill your plans for our lives. And we come before you today offering our lives to you that we may be a part of your kingdom plans. 
We know that we're all busy with the busyness of life in the here and now. We have jobs. We have families. We have responsibilities. We get involved in all kinds of things. Some of them are vitally important and some of them are trivial. But help us, Lord. Help us to put, put first things first. Help us to keep our priorities in order. Help us to seek Your kingdom first and let the other things fall into their, their rightful places. We pray for the needs of our people today. We've all come with our individual and personal needs. Maybe nobody else on earth knows about the struggles that we're facing, but You know. And You invite us to bring everything to You in prayer. So we bring our needs to You because we trust our lives with You. And we know that You are faithful to care for us. We pray for our community, for our neighbors, recognizing that our neighbors include more than just the people who live around us. They also include those who live on the other side of town and even the other side of the world. Help us as individuals and as a nation to be neighborly to all with a word and with a touch that says, I love you like God loves you. We pray for your spirit to descend upon us today. Fill us with your love and motivate us to reach out to others with the touch of your mercy. For we come to you in the name and for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
Felicia will be back next Sunday, so you won't have to watch me smack the microphone, close my book, or drop my paper. So. Wait a minute. Come on down.
everything that they told us to God's end. We got a best promise ever to God. He always helps us to do what we need to do to live off love the life life. A football team has planned that they need a play, play the game, and it's he play for God has given us plans for his lives in his way for the Bible. We all pray for Dear Lord, thank you always staying with us to help us God, us in what we do and for giving us others the help as we well will
If you will, bow your heads for prayer, please. Dear Lord, we come to you today with heavy hearts, uh, still regarding the shooting in Marshall County. Who We want to bless everyone who saw and witnessed the shooting and now living with the sadness and the grief that's left behind. Help us to understand our youth and be patient and kind and guide them. Bless the sick and find them some comfort today. Bless the hungry and bless all sinners, and I think that includes all of us, me included. We get reminded every day of how much we need you, Lord. Thank you for all the blessings of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Bible till we turn to the Gospel of Mark in the New Testament. We'll be reading from Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 45. A leper came to him, begging him, and kneeling, he said to him, If you choose, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I do choose. Be made clean. Immediately the leprosy fell from him, and he was made clean. 
after sternly warning him, he sent him away at once, saying to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded as a testimony to them. But he went out and began to proclaim it, proclaim it freely and to spread the word, so that Jesus could no longer go into a town openly, but stayed out in the country, and people came to him from every quarter. Thanks be to God for the reading of his word. I want to take a moment to introduce uh, Miss Sally Waller to you. Uh, Sally is um, comes every week to the Sanford Center, and she plays piano for my choir. Well, when Felicia asked me to, to sing this particular song, I asked Sally on one of those Fridays, I said, would you play this for me so I can go over it? Well, she played it, and she also sang along with me, and I said, oops, shouldn't have done that. <laughs> so... Uh, She uh, agreed to join me today.
Thank you, Mark and Sally. And Sally, you can come back anytime. <laughs> Dr. Uh, Morris Weigelt uh, went through a, a time of deep depression in his life at one point, and he was. He particularly hit a low point in his life one night when he was in the hospital. Um, as he put it, all of his insecurities and depression came crashing down upon him. And so Weigelt um, got out of his bed and he started wandering the halls of the hospital with a, a mission in mind. He was looking for someone who was awake in the middle of the night who would be willing to give him a hug. And with a great deal of pathos and, and humor, he concluded that all he could find with this, was this huge, burly security guard. And so I walked up to him and said, Sir, would you mind giving me a hug? And the security guard said, Sure, I'd be glad to. Dr. Weigelt indicated that he found comfort and encouragement from the touch of this big, burly security guard. And so he was able to go back to his room and sleep peacefully through the rest of the night. Let me ask you something this morning. Have you ever just needed somebody to give you a hug? <laughs> you ever just needed somebody to give you a hug? We've all been there, haven't we? We've, we've all had those times in our lives when we just need the comfort of human touch. Well, a man with leprosy came to Jesus and fell to his knees begging him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. And then I want you to notice what Jesus did. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out His hand and touched Him. Touched Him. Do you realize how remarkable that simple act was? If not, you need to know that nobody touched people with leprosy. It just wasn't done. Nobody touched people with leprosy. For one thing, the Hebrew law required that nobody could touch a leper. You see, lepers were considered to be ritually unclean, and anyone who touched a leper would also be ritually unclean and excluded from the fellowship of, of, of worship. But also, leprosy was such an awful disease. It was a de disease in which the, the skin would literally die and rot while it was still on the body. And who would want to touch somebody like that? It was, it was gross. It was awful. So, so I, want to think, I want you to think about this for just a moment. This was a man who may not have experienced the simplest of human contact for years. For years. Probably no one had touched this man for years. Can you imagine that? Going years without a touch from another human being? Everybody needs physical human contact from time to time. Studies show that babies who were not touched may die 
experts tell us that infants need to be held a lot. And people are learning this. I understand that in in um, in, in the nurseries, in the in the hospitals, they have people, volunteers that come in just to to, to hold babies, just to hold them. And they have a basic need for physical warmth. And most authorities tell us that you cannot spoil a baby by holding them too much, by touching them. You can't. Marcel Gerber was sent by the United Nations to study the effects of protein deficiency on Ugandan children. But she, she was surprised when she got there, and as she began her study, she realized that Uganda's infants, she discovered that Uganda's infants were the most developmentally advanced in the world. It was only after about the first two years, after about two years, that the children began to show significant signs of developmental damage by such things as tribal taboos and and food shortages. But those first two years, they were the most healthy babies in the world. Why? Why were they so healthy? Well, it seems that Ugandan infants are almost constantly held. They're held all the time, constantly held by their mothers or their mother's surrogates. They go everywhere their, their mothers go. And that, that physical contact with their mothers and the constant movement seem to be the factors that propel these infants to maturity well beyond even Western standards. My friends, we all have the need to be touched. Studies have shown that touching has many physiological benefits, even for adults. One researcher made numerous studies on the effects of the practice that many Christians call the laying on of hands. I do this often as I pray over someone in a sickbed. I'll take someone by the hand or I'll place my hand on a shoulder as I pray over them. And and we as a congregation will do this in a couple of weeks when we ordain these new deacons to to their their offices. Well, studies show that when one person lays hands on another, the hemoglobin levels of both people go up. Which means that the body tissue receives more oxygen, producing more energy and even regenerative power. And what did Jesus do here? He touched the untouchable. He touched this leper. Now Jesus could have healed this man with just a word. He'd done it before. But that's not what He did. Scripture tells us that He reached out and He touched this man. And I just wonder if He knew that that was exactly what this man needed. Even maybe more than being healed. And I believe that this is a spiritual principle that we need to recognize this morning. Christ gives us individually what we need. This man needed to be touched. Now, Jesus dealt with other people in other ways. You probably remember the blind man who was healed by Jesus when he applied the the clay to his eyes and then had him go and wash it off. Uh, others received what they needed with simply a word from the Lord. To a paralyzed man, Jesus said, Your sins are forgiven. 
And then he said, your faith has made you whole. Take up your mat and go. And he did. The fact is that grace is communicated in different ways to different people. And to a large part, it has to do with what that person needs. We even see it in our worship services, don't we? Some of you are especially moved by the music in a worship service. Others are are moved simply by the beauty and the reverence of the service itself. Some of you are moved by a a reassuring handshake or a hug from someone that, that you know and love. Some of you are moved by the, the times of prayer. For others of you, it's the, the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. Touching the bread and the, and the cups may speak to you more eloquently than any words than, that I could ever say. And maybe for one or two of you, perhaps, you could even get something out of a sermon. <laughs> the point is that Jesus ministers to each of us in our own way. And God meets our needs as we have need. Stories told of a young boy many years ago who was put on a railroad train by his father. He was sent on a journey to the home of his aunt in a faraway city. And as the boy got on the train, he was nervous. He had never traveled alone like this before, and he was very um, troubled at the thought of what might happen to him while he's on that train and when he arrives at his destination. But as soon as he found, uh, he, uh, he soon found that all of his worrying was for nothing. You see, no sooner had he gotten onto the train and then the train had started that the conductor came up and talked to him and spoke to him very kindly. And and then the newsboy brought him some apples and candy and comic books to look at. And and, and as, as the time passed very quickly and pleasantly because of these things, and when he arrived at the city where he was going, a cab driver was there and met him at the gate to take him to his aunt's home safely. And the boy couldn't believe it. He couldn't understand all of this. He thought this was all a miracle. But as he grew older, he learned that it was his father. His father had told the conductor to look out after the boy. The father had given some money to the newsboy to supply him with his candy and, 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 uh, and, and comic books and, and things. The, the, the father had telegraphed ahead to the cab company to send a driver to meet his son at the train station. So you see, because his father was on the job, all of his wants had been provided for. Sometimes even the things that we didn't even know we needed are provided for by the Father. And that's what God can do for you. Through the eyes of faith, we can confidently say that God grants to each of us what we need. And what this man probably needed as much as he needed to be healed was the touch of a Savior. We sang it just a moment ago. He touched me. And made me whole. That's exactly what Jesus gave to him. And that brings us to the second spiritual principle today. And that is that Christ is willing to meet our every need. He is willing to meet our every need. 
a man with leprosy came to Jesus and begged him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. And the Scripture tells us that filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Those are some very powerful words. I am willing. I choose to do so. My friends, Jesus is willing. Jesus chooses to heal our every hurt. Jesus is willing to take away every sin. Jesus is willing to grant us new life. Did you hear what Jesus said to that man? I am willing. You may have read the story of Alicia Sferino. Alicia was only 20 years old when she was diagnosed with severe uh, kidney failure. And even though dialysis would help for a while, doctors made, made it clear that what she really needed was a kidney transplant, preferably from someone close to her who shared uh, some, the same genetic profile. Well, like any loving parent, uh, Deanne and, and Vincent Sferino would have gladly given a kidney to save their precious daughter. But they couldn't. You see, Alicia was adopted. They had no idea who her real parents were. So they began the arduous search uh, to connect with Alicia's birth mother. And after some research, they discovered that her name was Ruth Chiasen. They found out the city that she gave birth. And after a lot of research, they discovered that Ruth had gotten married and now her last name was Foisy. But they couldn't find a Foisy in the city uh, anywhere. And so finally, Deanne and Vincent tracked down a priest that had married Ruth and her husband. And he agree- agreed to send her a letter from the Sperinos. Well, when Ruth Foiseek opened up the Sferino's letter, she was stunned. You see, at the age of 17, she had become pregnant and given birth to a baby girl. Her parents pressured her to give the baby up for adoption. But Ruth had never really gotten over the heartbreak of that and giving her child away. And for 20 years after that, she burned a candle on Alicia's birthday. And now... This child that she had given life to needed her to give life to her a second time. Well, Ruth knew knew what she needed to do. It wasn't easy to gather her children around her and to tell them that they have a half-sister that they didn't know about. And it wasn't easy to relive the story of giving her baby up for adoption. But when she was finished... Ruth's children rallied around her and and they would support her all the way. And Ruth went through with the donation. And today both women are doing well. Alicia Farino Farino is healthy. She has a new kidney. She's doing fine. She's married now. Has her own daughter. And in a time of physical and emotional crisis, these two women gave each other what they needed most. Ruth gave Alicia life again. And Alicia gave Ruth the forgiveness that she needed and had sought for so long. Here is a story of grace. But let me ask you something. 
If a woman who gave up her child as a teenager was willing to sacrifice her own security and safety to rescue the daughter that she once gave up, how much more is God whose very name and nature is love, how much more is that God willing to give up His life for His children? My friends, God is willing to do for us everything that we truly need. Now notice I didn't say everything that we want. Go back to principle number one. God works according to our individual needs. What we may not in the long run um, want, what we may want, may not in the long run be what we really need. But God's willing to give us everything that we need. And that brings us to spiritual principle number three. And that is that our greatest need is our ability to trust God in all things. Trust God. Only trust Him. I am willing, said Jesus, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left the man and he was cured. Christ can do that. Christ can cleanse us and make us whole. And it's, and it's amazing what God can do for us if we would only open our eyes and see God at work. Even if we could only open our ears and hear God at work and, and, and see what God is doing around us, if we would just do that, then there's so much that God can do in our lives. Let me give you an example of that. Dawn Weiss, her life was falling apart. Her life was just absolutely in shambles. Dawn, he, Dawn was a, a recovering alcoholic. She had recently moved to Tennessee after the the earthquake took place in California back in 1994, and and she got a, a job as a waitress in Tennessee and enrolled in school there. But Dawn had never really confronted the stress of all this, the stress of going through that earthquake that she had lived through, the stress of moving all the way across the, the country, the stress of leaving all of, her, all of her friends and loved ones behind. And all of this change was hard for her to handle. And so one night, she felt that she was just about ready to give up. She felt that urge coming on that happens to so many alcoholics. She's, she, she felt that she, was, she couldn't go through it anymore and she prayed for help, but she didn't feel any, feel any better about it. And that night, Dawn decided that after work she was going drinking. But when Dawn got to work that night, she noticed that every single customer in that restaurant was wearing a button that said, I'm a friend of Bill W., Now, some of you may not recognize what this means. Bill W. is Bill Wilson. He's the founder of Alcoholics Anonymous. And that slogan, I'm a friend of Bill W., helps AA members to discreetly recognize one another. And to Dawn's surprise, there was a huge Alcoholics Anonymous convention in town that weekend. And all of the customers at her restaurant that night were attending that convention. Well, after Dawn revealed her own struggle with addiction, a group of customers offered to stay with her that night and to protect her from drinking. 
And that's exactly what happened. Dawn had prayed for help. And what did God do? God sent a whole convention of people who understood her, her, her problem. <laughs> and you know what? Christ can do that. Christ can cleanse us and make us whole. Now, medical science was completely helpless with this problem of leprosy in those days when Jesus healed this man. There was no treatment. There was no medicine that could possibly restore this man's body and make him clean again and revive the feeling in his dead limbs. Only Christ could do that. And in the same way, many of us have lost faith in God's power and God's purpose for our lives. We too, some of us, are spiritually dead. There's no feeling of purpose in our lives. And yet Christ can cleanse us. Christ can restore us and give us not just life, but abundant life. Notice that when the man with leprosy first came to Jesus, he fell on his face in front of Jesus, which was an act of reverence that was afforded only to a king. He was acknowledging Jesus' authority over life. And I have a feeling that that is the greatest need that many of us have today. You know, too many of us... It's probably a part of the American spirit of being our own person, you know. And I think that too many of us feel that we have everything all worked out. I can do it. I can do it by myself. I can handle things myself. We feel that way. And we're proud of the things that we handle. Until we don't. Until we can't. We think that other needs are more impressing, more pressing than our need for our relationship with God. But folks, let me tell you something. Those other needs, they will fall into place. The Bible tells us that they will fall into place if we simply acknowledge what our greatest need really is. And that need is our ability to trust God in all things. Our greatest need is to make Christ the King of our lives. So let us, like the leper in this story from long ago, let us fall before our Lord. Let us recognize the Christ as the authority of our lives. And let us give our needs to Him. He's willing to make us whole. He's willing to cleanse us. So let us trust the Lord with all of our lives, every area. Amen. Let's sing together. Uh, number 404. And I hope that this is the, uh, the desire of your heart that I need thee every hour. I need God every hour. We have that cowboy spirit sometime of thinking we don't need anybody but us. That's not true. We need God every hour and we need each other.
So let's remember that as we sing together. I need thee, God. I need you every hour. As we take our worship, praise, and prayer from this place and into our daily lives, may our lives be sustained through the loving touch of our Heavenly Father. May we feel the presence of our Savior walking beside us, and may we know the power of God's Spirit in both our actions and in our words. For you are with us, O God. We walk with you. Amen.